You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Erica Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading, managing, and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Proteus Leader Show. My guest today is Denise Lee Young, a brand-building expert, speaker, and author. Denise speaks to audiences all over the world about branding and is called upon regularly by major media outlets to weigh in on hot business topics. She's also written two seminal books about the power of brand. So welcome to the show, Denise. Hi, Erica. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) Me too. Uh, So you and I have known each other as authors for a number of years. And when I found out that you were putting out a new book, which is called Fusion, How Integrating Brand and Culture Powers the World's Greatest Companies, it really sounded like a topic that would be interesting and valuable for our listeners. So let's roll up our sleeves and dig in. The The first question I wanted to ask you is, Um, In the book, you talk about a culture crisis that you believe is threatening to disrupt corporate America. So I'd love it if you could give us more insight into what you're seeing in that realm. Sure. I'll point to three things that I think are um, the trifecta of the culture crisis we're experiencing. Mm. The first is general employee disengagement. Um, I'm thinking that most of your listeners probably have heard the statistic from Gallup that says that only 13% of employees are engaged. And what makes that number even more um, troubling is that apparently, according to Burson by Deloitte, organizations currently spend over a billion dollars annually in total to improve employee engagement. So as, as an industry or as a business community, we're spending a billion dollars and we're only getting 13% right. return. Um, so that's the first part of the crisis. Um, the second, I think, is the um, you know, all of the uh, accusations of sexual harassment and discrimination that have risen in the last couple of years, I think that's affected every organization, maybe not as public, publicly as the, you know, Weinstein company or, or Uber. Um, but I think that every organization or I should say every thoughtful organization is asking itself, do we have that kind of behavior or those kinds of attitudes in our organization? And if so, how do we address them? Um, so there's kind of a, a I think, a, um, a concern that's raised uh, because of the sexual issues. And then finally, the, the third part is just that the, I think a lot of organizations struggle with the lack of diversity in their organizations um, or the changing diversity and not knowing how to um, manage that and to work effectively through it. So we've kind of hit this Point where culture has become critically important for business leaders to address and know how to manage and lead. That's great and very clear. Do you, as as you were talking, I was thinking also um, uh, generationally because people are working so much longer. We have four generations now in the workplace, which also mm-hmm. lends mm-hmm. like, wait, what are you talking about, and why do you want that to happen at work? Right. You know, there's been a lot written about, um, you know, the millennials coming into the workforce and the different expectations and needs that they have. And um, yeah, I don't think that people have really figured it out yet. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, 
that's a great setup. And I, as I was listening to her, I was saying, yep, 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 seen that all. <laughs> not all and the really compelling thing that you're, you know, it's not, from what you're saying, it's not that companies are unaware. They're aware and they're trying to spend a lot of money, but it's not, it's not being very effective. Right. Yeah. So I find that business leaders, I talk to business leaders around the world, and I find that either they don't know how to cultivate a healthy and vital culture, or they're going about it the wrong way. Right. Okay. And we'll talk, as my listeners know, we always try and be practical. We'll talk about some practical things mm-hmm. later. But what I'd love to focus on now is, you know, in your book, and even in the title of the book, you, you make this connection between brand and culture, which I think is really fascinating. So I'd love to hear more about why you feel that integrating brand and culture is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I would say the number one answer is uniqueness. Okay, and let me back up and explain that I think that there's um, a, a kind of a myth or common misperception out there about corporate culture that uh, as a leader, you need to cultivate kind of a warm, benevolent, supporting, collaborative culture in your organization. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly, you know, there's a baseline of that that must exist at every organization. But beyond that, I think there's a real opportunity for leaders to create a unique culture, um, not only so that you are um, attracting the right employees and ultimately the right customers by by operating your business in a unique way, but more importantly, that you equip and empower, engage and, and, and excite your employees to produce the unique results that your business requires. You know, um, it, it, just as you wouldn't try to imitate someone else's brand, it's it's kind of almost ridiculous for you to think about imitating someone else's culture in the sense that there are unique um, values, there are unique um, attributes, unique ways of working that will set you apart and, and set you on the track to produce the results you want. Um, and and the way to do that is to look at your brand identity and say, what do we want to be known for? outside or what are we known for to our customers and other external stakeholders and how do we live that out authentically inside our organizations so that there isn't a gap between what we say we do or say who or, or say who we are and who we actually are and what we actually do so there is an opportunity to become i think much more to have more um, authenticity and integrity, but ultimately it is um, you, the uniqueness that you'll get by integrating and aligning your brand and culture, which I think is what the, the world's greatest companies have figured out how to do. That's great. So bo- both unique and powerful, which as, as you're speaking, I can, well, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to give any, because our, our little company, Proteus, is so aligned with what you're saying, and I want to give us as an example, but, but mm-hmm. not uniqueness, but kind of power, that if you are very clear about who you are, both as a brand and as a culture, then it's easier to attract people for whom that really resonates and who will therefore almost certainly be a good fit with, your, with your, both your culture and your brand. Right. And, you know, companies spend so much money or waste, I should say, so much money on turnover. Right. Um, uh, You know, figuring out after the fact that, oh, this person that you thought was a fit really wasn't. And to your point, if you are clear up front about, you know, what 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 you value as an organization, what it's like to work in the organization, what results you're expecting from your people, then you automatically attract people who that really resonates for. Yeah. So I'll give you my little Proteus example. Almost 17 years ago, when my uh, business partner Jeff and I were first partners. We decided that we really wanted to clarify our brand attributes. You know, how do we want to interact with 
I mean, you know, more many times more than I do about brand issues. And uh, so the three that we came up with were illuminating, mm-hmm. strengthening, and trustworthy. Those were the experiences that we mm. wanted clients to have in dealing with us. Clarified that they would they would feel strengthened mm. rather than overlying mm-hmm. our strength and that they would trust themselves and us. So as, as we lived with those over the next year or two, we realized we also wanted those mm-hmm. to be our cultural attributes, that that's how we would interact with each other, that any conversation we had with a client or with a colleague mm-hmm. should be in some measure illuminating, strengthening, and trustworthy. And so we've lived those together for 15 years now, and I and I absolutely see the power of what mm-hmm. you're saying, and in our consulting space, pretty unique. Am I lined up? Is this what you're talking about? Absolutely. And I love that you shared that, Erica, um, not only because there's a great example, and particularly this this value of illuminating. I mean, gosh, that I mean, I want to dig into that and, and learn more about that. But I mean, just it, it's a it, they're great values. But I would say that you sharing also makes the point that this is not something that large, you know, consumer oriented companies do and everyone else does something differently. Right. Um, but that every organization, regardless of size, scope, type, um, longevity, that they, that it can benefit from this alignment of brand and culture. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's great. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad it, I'm glad it helped prove your point. And, uh, and it leads us right into my third question, which is I, I really want to offer our listeners some practical steps that they can start taking right now. And to your point, it's not, you know, the, you don't have to be working at some big company. It can be any company. So mm-hmm. steps start right now to start building a healthier, more effective in their culture, in their company. So what are, what are some things you might suggest? Okay, so again, I'll do the three things. Okay, the first is I would say start laying the foundation with articulating an overarching purpose for Mm. your organization. Now, I will say that some, most organizations, I think, are pretty good about having some sort of mission statement, right? Um, But what I found is that oftentimes that mission statement is very disconnected or unrelated to their brand identity or their aspired brand identity, you know? Um, So they might say their mission statement is to create value for our shareholders, customers, and employees, or, you know, something like that, right? Um, But then their brand is, uh, you know, very uh, specific about the kind of the kind of value that they're creating or the kind of experience that they're creating. And I think that what happens is when you have, you know, disconnected statements like that, um, your employees at best are confused about, okay, how do these two things relate? And at worst, they can often end up working at cross purposes. You know, think yeah. about companies that prioritize, you know, as a business, um, you know, profitability or efficiency. But then on the uh, flip side, they say that they want their brand to be known for, you know, great customer service and being really generous with their actions. And and so, you know, employees are like, wait a minute, I'm not sure what we're trying to do here. So I think having an overarching purpose, one thing that you are, you know, aspiring to is, is critically important for every organization. So that's number one. Yeah, overarching purpose, it sounds like that aligns with your brand. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So it really takes into account, um, you know, what value you're trying to create out in the marketplace out there. So it's not something, again, that's um, kind of irrelevant to that or off to the side from that. Um, Yeah. 
So then number two, um, kind of along the same lines is to articulate one set of core values. And, mm. um, you know, again, I don't think the idea of having core values is new to any business leader. Um, what I find, though, is that, again, um, the opportunity is to identify the unique values that distinguish your organization. And I um, differentiate between category values and core values. Category mm. values are things that every organization in your industry or in your business needs to needs to ascribe to you know I always say that fast food restaurants need to value being you know fast friendly clean and good value you know I mean that so if you were to say those were your core values you're not really saying anything about your organization and the unique role that you want to play in the world whereas if you identify core values that are unique and and really do kind of say this is how we're going to operate differently and that's what i love about your um your values eliminating strengthening i mean those are things that 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 i don't hear from other consulting firms and so that really helps me um it, it intrigues me and i'm i'm sure as i learn more about what you do to 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 live out those values that would help me understand why i need to work with you specifically um and, and you know what differentiates you. So having unique core values that then you um, you know live out is the second thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third thing I would say is understand that cultivating culture is a leadership responsibility. It's a strategic management responsibility in the sense yeah. that it's not something that you can delegate to HR or kind of think that, oh, it just kind of happens by itself. Um, but, but as a leader, you need to, to actively, proactively cultivate your culture, you know, define what you want your culture to be like, start with your purpose and values, but then really think through, okay, what is the employee experience that we want to create? And how do we get people engaged in that? And um, how do we reinforce that in everything we do? So, um, and then, of course, you know, you might have your partners or your functional leaders actually implement some of the initiatives or programs that, that need to happen. But if you don't own it at the top of your organization, it's not going to be a priority. And so, you know, accepting the leadership responsibility for cultivating your culture is the third thing I would say is, is super important. Those are great, really good things that people can start thinking about and doing just today. <laughs> so, so I really appreciate this. So it seems so timely, everything you're saying. And uh, listeners, if you're interested in finding out more, Fusion, How Integrating Brand and Culture Powers the World's Greatest Companies, is now available on Amazon and in bookstores. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. And for additional resources, you can also go to ProteusLeader.com and select the company culture topic. So thank you so much, Denise. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, here's to creating the life you truly want. Thanks, Erica. We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.